Well, pre-season continues, the fans are back in and we're edging ever closer to the new championship campaign. We'll be discussing the latest friendlies, the transfer window and more on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast. My name is Johnny Drury. As always, I'm, uh, well, I am actually alongside Albion correspondent Lewis Cox today. Coxie hasn't taken us long into this series to take the pod on the road. <laughs> How are you, my friend? First time I've seen you in person for a while and just explain to the, the Baggies Broadcast listeners where we're, uh, where we're recording this and, and what our view's like at the moment from where we are on the road. Johnny, I'm well. Good to see you. We are currently... Somewhere M6 North. We are sitting in the car park of the Lim Services in my car. We can't see a lot other than the Pe- car park and hedges and lorries. It's this is full glamour. We've yeah. we've bought an episode from Telford Services on the M54, haven't we? This is I, I don't know if we've gone up or down a level here by doing it from the car. We've done a road trip episode before, of course. I think it shows our versatility, um, doesn't it? You don't yeah. see, you don't see this on the that Peter Craig podcast. No, no, do no, you? no. We're we're not bothered by the conditions, are we, Johnny? We're, you know, we're not high maintenance. We can, we can operate, yeah, but we can operate from anywhere, and you know, not, not lower the quality. Some would, some would argue there's no quality to lower, lower. But um, here we are, and yeah, let's crack on. The footy's sort of, the footy's returned. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're clearly in limb services for for a reason. This is Wednesday afternoon. We are. The Albion are in Salford tonight. We've had one friendly. I was at one friendly last night. There's much to discuss because there's also been a bit of a bit of movement in the window too, hasn't there? I mean, only in one direction, of course, but, you know, better than no movements. Absolutely. As Coxie explained there, we won't really be talking about Salford tonight, just given, uh, given schedules. We're recording tonight's podcast on the way up to Salford, but we'll talk all about Cheltenham. I know 850-odd of you were at, were at Cheltenham. Um, on Tuesday evening so we'll discuss that we'll discuss like Coxie said a couple well one Albion player certainly gone out the door since the last time we recorded potentially another one on the cards as you will have read um, last night but we're going to start with with Cheltenham and last night Coxie first chance the fans first chance yourself has had to see Albion post well in the middle of the first Carlos Corbran pre-season now it was a 1-0 defeat Sort of the case of some games last season where Albion had a stack full of chances. I caught up on the highlights this morning that there were a lot of chances in there. The odd howling chance, I would say. Um, what were your thoughts of it? Um, just overall, we'll go into individual performances in a, in a little while after we hear a little bit from Alex Mowat. Um, but what did you make of it last night overall? Well, I think behind closed doors football is underrated. You know, <laughs> some would say bring back the you know, days of 2020, 2021 because... Albion's pre-season record without the fans has been pretty flawless, hasn't it? 3-0, <laughs> it has. 3-1. Um, obviously, you know, myself, the press, the fans make a, make a glorious return and and there goes the winning streak. But, um, no, yeah, 1-0 defeat. As you said, Johnny, and as we touched on off off mic just before, it, it, I wouldn't say it was one-way traffic, but Albion were clearly the dominant side, created all the chances, really. Um and yet got, got done by Cheltenham's only real effort at goal, I would say, their only real chance on Alex Palmer's goal. And yeah, it, it, the scoreline wasn't a true reflection of the game. Any of the 850, if there were 850 there, by the way, I'm not certain there were, but um, yeah. There, it was would, an official would, attendance, I think. I think no, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did yeah. it look a bit less? Was it 848, was it? 848, was it um, a little bit less? It looked a bit less, yeah. yeah. We, we were discussing in the, in the press box how many it looked. It, 
I thought there was five or six hundred there, but yeah. Anyway, anyone there would have known it was, yeah, and not a reflection of the scoreline. However, yeah, that's a, that doesn't that doesn't sort of dress it up in any good way, really, does it? Because we don't want a season of creating loads of chances missing them and losing 1-0 or losing whatever so we don't want that or it'd be good to get that out of the way um, however you know, on the flip side to that I always say and I think most people always say you can't read hardly anything into friendly results can you um, and especially at this stage albeit we are getting close to the season but no business has been done no new faces are in yes some returning loans are back we'll get into those some youngsters featured we'll, we'll discuss that but no new recruits have yet been confirmed we, we know Strikers, centre forwards will be brought in, and clearly, alongside Brandon Thomas Santa, there's going to be a hell of an onus on them to to get goals because we saw chances created last night. Yes, against lesser opposition, but chances created and and none taken. But that is it. It's the first public friendly. We're not going to get too carried away. For all we know, Albion could go and win by a few goals at Salford tonight, couldn't they? But um, and and there's obviously a lot of friendlies left, so I don't want to read too much into it. But we don't want to see a run of friendlies with Albion not not getting on the score sheet do we because you know we, we don't want that that narrative to take off however they have scored six goals in the two behind closed doors games haven't they before that so yeah the, the, the general performance was okay certainly in the first half where the seniors played up to what 60-70 minutes wasn't it where the, the seniors played ironically just as Cheltenham scored um, they, they were due to go off but the first half especially yeah, I mean, looked good in spells some really nice patterns of play um, Swift Mower. Thomas Asante, the picks for me looked really busy and sort of energised and you know, creative, I suppose, which which boded well. I think just hopefully be able to stick it in the back of the net. Yeah, I looked at some comments on Twitter last night. Some people calling that saying that Albion were relegation bound, which I think is a little bit premature. Yeah, um, someone I, uh, quite amusingly called Albion Chance FC. <laughs> Chance FC are back again this season I thought that was quite funny So uh, if, you, if you're listening to the Baggy Broadcast uh, Hats off to you for that one uh, Cox, you mentioned Alex Mowat there Alex Mowat spoke to the uh, the press After the game at, at Cheltenham on Tuesday evening Here's a little snippet of, uh, of what he had to say About the the returning to the Carlos Corbran regime After his loan spell at Middlesbrough uh, Yeah, it's been it's been tough You know, training's been tough But it's been good um, A lot of information And um, yeah, it's been good to, to work with the gaffer and, you know, learn new things as well and how he wants to play and things. Yeah, definitely, you know, we do a lot of things and um, what he wants from certain positions and, and you know, meetings with him and, and things like that. And, you know, he shows you what he wants, so it makes it clear and, you know, I think it's, it's good for, for the players to, to learn from as well. Yeah, it was a good trip. Um, you know, weather wasn't great, but um, now he enjoy, enjoyed it. It was... It was difficult, but and then in the downtime down we had, you know, things to do like ping pong and things. So yeah, it was alright. Coxie, someone that we've talked about, we talked about him on the pod. I clipped up a bit of it last week, basically saying that uh, I know it was yourself saying, and I sort of was in agreement with you that mm. if a reasonable offer came in for Mauer, Albion would probably listen to it as they probably would, like we've seen with a lot of their players uh, this summer, given the financial situation. But from what I saw of the little clips of him last night, he looked quite sharp. Yes, Johnny. I... I might have to be served up a slice of humble pie um, not for the first time although I don't, oh, I sort of still stand by what I've said however it does seem from all accounts and from what we saw with our eyes last night as well and what's happened in the behind closed doors game and from, from bits we hear as well like that Alex Moat could could well feature this season 
Um, look, not saying that's a definitive, but that's the impression we're getting. We had a chance to speak to him after the game as well. And I, as I say, I thought he performed well in the game. It, it seems like the plan for the season, the way the head coach wants to operate in terms of with the ball, um, it seems like it fits in with, with how he is as a midfielder, actually. How he can use the ball, keep it moving, progress it. Actually, he seemed to be passing it forward rather than you know just safe sort of sideways and backwards and um and, and he was saying all sorts of interesting stuff to us after after the game i won't go into it too much because we've got some stories to bring you over the next day or two on that but um yeah loads of really interesting sort of parallels with the the middlesbrough loan he had how obviously carrick turned that around there and as corbran was turning it around at albion parallels in the style between the two clubs and what corbran has been talking about so far this summer and marrying that up with with alex moat's game so yeah, um, oh, it's, it's an awful phrase, but could he be like a new signing? It's one of them, isn't it? You look at it for for, for Albion fans, maybe not, but for Corbyn, certainly. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. exactly. People that. like Kim yeah. and uh, you know Kipper and Mauer, where there were decisions that Corbyn wasn't a mm-hmm. party to because he wasn't here. But for for him, probably on a personal level, and for for the the resources that he's got at his disposal, probably will feel like a new signing. Yeah, and and also. Look, with the financial situation the way it is you know Corbin may have looked at it and thought well like if keeping hold of Moat alright it's a big big ass to move these players on but keeping hold of him means I haven't got to worry about getting a midfielder in and, and spending you know another wage on another midfielder and I can you know get another forward in or get a cover at fullback in for, for that for that money then you know Moat's a capable footballer at this level who can play the way you know, I see Albion playing this season type thing and, and yeah with you know with Kushlu with, with Malumbi I think he's I think he's going to be a good option I, I don't by any means necessarily think he's going to be a regular starter however I do think he's quite capable from what we see in here to, to start games and certainly to be a squad option to come off the bench and change the dynamic of the way the side's playing and stuff so more of a versatile midfielder as well because he can play deep line he can play a bit further forward yeah. we saw that he can you know as a player at times don't get me wrong in that season under Valerian and Ishmael yeah. you know, there's a reason why Steve Bruce allowed him to go out on loan because towards the end of that season he, he, he didn't perform very well however in fits and starts he scored some important goals yeah, for Albion fitness problems didn't good, he yeah but he um, scored he, he can almost I'm not going to say bring a goal threat but he's got a goal in him yeah. as well so right. he, he's someone who you know in a season where Albion well, you know, we'll talk about Nathaniel Chalabra and the links of him away from the club in a second but in a season where Albion probably aren't going to have a massive squad and they're not going to be flush mm, with loads of exactly. quality yeah. he's, he can occupy maybe a couple of different positions yeah and when, I remember when we were speaking to Carlos at St George's Park last week uh, the club's summer camp he was specifically talking on on, on Moat and Kipper and uh, sort of comparing players saying how much of a totally different central midfielder Moat is to a Malumbi how Malumbi has that engine and is a you know, box-to-box player can be effective both ends whereas Moat you know, his strength maybe is to shield, pick the ball up and, and dictate from deeper mm. with a yeah, you know, with a passing range, with that sort of better technical side to him. So yeah, I can see the attraction and as I say, everything we sort of hear from the head coach when we when we spoke to him last week and other bits and pieces we hear and I say what what I saw last night. Yeah, I, I think he I think he could could make his mark again. He, yeah, he, he himself called it a fresh start for him personally, which clearly it is. Um yeah, he was saying to us he was very excited to work under head coach like Corbin, someone he's very well aware of. They've both got Leeds backgrounds, haven't they? And uh, and Moat was definitely in touch with 
with Albion teammates last season about what had changed and stuff and I was very close with Connor Townsend and they were they were messaging back and forth about changes so yeah that, that could be an interesting one I think yeah, not, not a new signing but you know a familiar face that could come back and, and make his mark and I think I, I think above all the financial situation dictates doesn't it Johnny as we've both suggested there I think it could just work for all parties uh, Cedric Kipper is another one who we've featured um, at Cheltenham yeah, he was heavy-handed, Kifra. He uh, he got a talking to after about fifteen minutes, and uh, and and was firm but fair, yeah. probably on a few more occasions. <laughs> um, I felt for him a bit because, as you'll have seen by the highlights, uh, a long ball sort of over his head for. Um, I'm trying to think of the Irish centre forward's name who hammered it in. Kenna, Kenna, uh, Aidan Kenna, something like that. He he buried his finish past past. Uh, Past Alex Palmer, great finish, but it it wasn't really Kipper's fault actually. Um, it wasn't Shem, Shemi Ajay had sort of moved forward with the ball, and it was a loose pass from him. Not not for the first time actually, Ajay a couple of wobbles on the ball, which was a bit of a concern. But he'd come out and and obviously Cheltenham won possession and were able to just play a long ball over to this striker's run, and and Kipra was sort of caught advanced on his own, I suppose, and it sailed over his head. I wouldn't call that his fault. So. Uh, and, and the lad goes through and scores the only goal of the game but other than that Kipper used the ball okay he's, he's pretty comfortable in possession isn't he for a centre half um, didn't notice too many glaring sort of technical possession errors with him looked sort of assured mostly as I say quite quite physical brings that to to his side um, yeah I mean look how 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 short do we think Albion are, or how packed do we think Albion are at centre half? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Do I do I see him as and now with everyone available starting on the opening day? I, I don't think so. I think I see Bartley and Ajayi. Mm. So, does Kipper want to stay on the bench? Does Corbran want to have him as a squad player, or would both prefer a move away? It's tricky, isn't it? Other bench up, you know, Caleb Taylor. Beyond that, is it pretty sure after O'Shea's exit? Maybe, but Peters, of course, Eric Peters is a is a viable option, isn't he? After we saw last season, so perhaps it's dictated by the interest or lack of it in in Kipra. I, I, I would say on his on his Albion season, I I think he'd be more than capable. I, I do, and I think he'd be a good option to have as a squad player. But is is he going to want that? And would does Corbran think he's required as a number and may his wage be, be better saved if they can move him on if there's interest it's one to be seen I think really but he didn't do too badly last night as I say Ajay a had a, a little bit of a tougher evening but it's hard to say too much after the first first run out we've seen of them isn't it and, and as we speak pre-Salford Johnny um, I know this is going out after that of course but we're going to see the other seniors play mm. this evening who, who didn't have their go last night so yeah by Bob Burton certainly, and I, I'm I'm personally not at the game on Saturday at at, at Burton, but you're covering it for us, aren't you, Johnny? But certainly by that point, we'll have we'll have seen most, if not all, the squad, won't we? Bar the injuries, uh, youngsters, Joe Malcolm, yeah, uh, Jamie Andrews, both featured. Um, I know a lot of other youngsters featured certainly heavily in the second half. Uh, <laughs> just give us a give us a flavour of. Uh, you know your take on mm. how a, how a handful of them sort of performed. Who were the top performing ones? Yeah, I mean in the starting eleven, Joe Van Malcolm was the only one really, and, and that sort of dictated in those forward positions because you got Thomas Asante, haven't you? As the the only senior recognised striker at the club. Um, Wallace played on the right with 
obviously Swift a bit deeper and, and then the left slot was for Joe Van Malcolm which was which was interesting really and, and, and good to see I mean I suppose a necessity because it's fed bear there and you know Dean Garner injured Phillips wasn't selected last night I expect to be involved against Salford um, Reyes Cleary gonna gonna mention him because I know a lot of few have asked about him he's still uh, getting over rehab from the back end of last season so at the minute he's not not able to feature so yeah Malcolm had his chance didn't he and he did okay a uh, bit of a mixed bag off uh, early on looked a little bit not lightweight I noticed him getting knocked off it and that was a bit of you know that sort of rugged rough and tumble league one football no no mess in Cheltenham midfielders sort of giving him the giving him the shoulder um, but on on the other side to that more positively he looked he looked bright and sharp he had a turn of pace not afraid to stand his sort of fullback up one on one and knock it past him which I thought was good the the end quality sort of I remember him over hitting a cross shot so sort of just fired across the box maybe a teammate could have got onto it so maybe that end, end product but the main one he he did have Albion's best chance I think certainly best chance of the first half I know Malumbi missed a bit of a bad one after the break but um, yeah he, he was unmarked at the back post Malcolm after a really neat move involving Swift Furlong I believe Thomas Asante and yeah worked its way to Malcolm at the back post and you're just thinking it was on his left foot you're just thinking stick it in first time finish keepers sort of nowhere to be seen left foot yeah first time yeah but he had to, you know, he had to be converting that really and that's a that's a lesson isn't it I suppose at senior level at any level you've got, got to take those moments got to be ruthless and I, I could see that was irritating him as it as it got to half time and yeah a bit of a shame he couldn't convert that because it would have been a really nice pre-season goal to be honest and yeah he just put it the wrong side of the post and it hit the side netting and yeah it wasn't to be um but okay some some brighter moments so i you know i think he's going to be required in the rest of these friendlies so hopefully fans you know go into some some more of these games will will get a chance to see see what he's about um and hopefully he can take his moment that comes we saw a, a, a raft of of them of the not even i mean a lot of under 18s really yeah. actually johnny to be honest uh as I say, a, f- a few more feature at Salford tonight. We're expecting Ingram and Ashworth to to play tonight. Fellows is another one. Whitwell. So there weren't too many of the recognised youngsters last night. It was more. I mean, there were, there were some under 18s names that were really slightly more of the unfamiliar names. Oh, um, Jamal Mohammed came on, uh, tall centre half with um, uh, yeah, quite an imposing character. I hadn't don't think I'd seen him play for the 21s before and he came on and made a really good challenge actually when Cheltenham looked to looked to make it two so that was a good one for him we saw Leighton Love up front big big old signed a big old young striker yeah love um few <laughs> headline writers I've, dream yeah, if he gets I've, a chance I've, I've heard I've heard on a couple of occasions including last night him referred to as dare I say it the love machine so <laughs> you know make make of that what you will um, the girls allowed classic, is it? Yeah, love machine. Is, um, yeah. That'd be a champ for the terraces, wouldn't I it? I know. But yeah. Actually, See, he he had a couple of moments. He might have had a penalty. Actually, after a really deft touch over a defender just in front of the away end, um, seeing them give him possibly maybe a bit soft, but he's a big old lad, big old unit for eighteen. He can't be any older the than champ 18. writers in the Smethwick end and the Burnley yeah. end. Sort of, the cogs will be turning. For, well, the headlines for them, and the intros write themselves yeah. as well, as you say, and the the podcast names and stuff so but he, he did uh, he did thrash another chance from 25 yards well wide and over so that less said about that one the better and, and while on that subject actually I think Adam Reach 
who scored two goals in the behind closed doors games, by the way, sort of on, on a bit of a roll. He had a good three goes from 25 yards plus, and, and neither were particularly close. I, so did, read his, one, his, I did read one, uh, yeah. one cleared, one of the... Uh, one of the stands, but yeah, Adam Reach doesn't like supporters. Likes playing behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll see more youngsters in, in these in these coming games. But obviously, you know, those back-to-back games, as we saw last night yeah. tonight, and then Forest Green Bolton's also back-to-back, isn't it? So, you know, just going by that, we're going to have to see them them there as well in Gloucestershire and up in Bolton. So, yeah, there will be a chance for some more of them to impress. No, it'll be interesting to see. We'll talk about uh, players out the door now. Coxie mentioned there's been some transfer activity, unfortunately. I know you Baggies fans are desperate for some ins, as are we, as I'm sure is Carlos Corbran. Um, but one player has certainly definitely gone out the door, Lewis, on Saturday. It was confirmed that Carlin Grant um, is headed to South Wales, to Cardiff, on a season-long loan. Now, he almost went in that direction in January to their neighbours um, on the other side of South Wales in Swansea. He's gone to Cardiff, links up again with Callum Robertson, well, and Remain Sawyers. It's getting yeah, a bit yeah. of a bit of an ex-Albion 11 down there. But um, you're surprised by that one or not given the fact that it almost went in in January you know what were your thoughts what's your thoughts on the on the move I think and we we haven't touched on Chalabi yet but I think in that department I think it's been an excellent few days for Albion really in the context of of where they are of having to shed the wage build balance the books move players on yes I, I agree with Baggies fans listening to this now screaming you know, well, it would have been even better if we could have sold Grant. I, I agree, that's that's the case. We do know Grant's on a little bit of a, it's a special circumstance, isn't it? Because of how the fee, the, the big spread, fifteen million it? spread five, to Huddersfield, yes, years, still being still being paid, of course. But in terms of wages, you know, and Grant Grant wouldn't be an insignificant earner. You know, as an attacking player, one bought on big money, he would have commanded a decent wage. So to to have Cardiff play them pay the majority of that, you know, clearly Grant's. Is that something we know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll they'll, they'll um, cover large percentage of that. So you know that's that's a that's a big deal for this season, isn't it? And for the club as as a whole, you know, the, what's going on upstairs, the everything of that, you know, for for Corbrand to operate and to manoeuvre and to bring players in. Given the pool Albion are fishing in, you know, we don't know. You know, we're not privy to how much players are paid. But like Coxie said, that you know, Grant's wages aren't going to be. Insignificant, mm-hmm. almost just for you know, kind of explanation to the supporters. That probably now, I'm guessing, gives Carlos Corbran a chance to maybe go and get well, at least more than one. You know, if Albion were to go and add to the squad, which they're going to, yeah. that could maybe the pull that Albion are fishing in might get them two, might stretch to three players. You don't know, depending well, on loan deals. I think from from the from the brief bit of media we've done uh, this summer, certainly when we chatted with Mark Miles, obviously the MD. Uh, filling in for sort of CEO responsibilities now he, he did specify that the club aren't reliant in these exits for someone to come in i.e. a loan or a free so that there was room to manoeuvre anyway but to buy people need to be uh, sold but yes certainly in terms of purchases yeah you're right transfer fees Johnny yeah um, I mean Chalaba who, who we'll get on to obviously the, the midfielder who looks set for Israel left field wasn't it um, yeah. you know he, he's got a year left at the Hawthorne so would command a fee uh, hope to bring more on that not sort of seen some suggestions but not totally certain on that yet but you know that that's an example of obviously a wage bill out the, out the door and, and a fee in and look that any fee could could help Albion will know if, if there's 
targets out there they'll know what they may have to stump up for those and and everything everything coming in so it can help can't it but look we know that as you said we know the pool is a loan pool mostly and a free agent pool but um i think as, as carlos corbran uh, laid bare last week pretty certain you know no, no uncertain terms good free transfers will not be easy unfortunately yeah. just that's the nature of the beast the nature of wages salaries um not be cheap either but this is it the, be the, the better ones aren't cheap and they'll hold out for what the best they can get won't they and Albin won't be the only ones going for these best free agents no. will they so it's tricky it's tricky but um, yeah I think the Grant move out he, he was not that he was never going to feature but he was never going to be in the plans this season in terms of a, a first choice was he uh, maybe the bench but even that I think Corbran would have you know would have told him how the land lies and if there's interest to, to go you know we knew as you say he nearly went in January and almost did so um, again I've said it already this podcast but good move for parties sure, you know, surely even in terms of Grant going and playing and hopefully scoring and you know, might be able to get himself something something sorted for, for next summer which will, will be a boost to Albion won't it but in the here and now in the, the balance of the books in the freeing up of they say funds to, to go and operate in yeah a big old boost and, and likewise Chalaber and it will be interesting to see who if any more follow I suppose on Nathaniel Chalaber that came out on Tuesday evening uh, Maccabee Haifa I believe yes Israel champions champions in Israel very sort of like you say there left field move um, Coxie for a man who signed for Albion on an 18 month deal in January you know he didn't really light up the Hawthorne some fans I, he, he, you can see he's got quality he's been at Chelsea um, that's a fair assessment yeah but he didn't light up the Hawthorns you know he's got a year left on his deal fans weren't overly impressed by him he has been injured the suggestions in Israel are that Albion are going to get a decent transfer fee for someone who's only been around for 13 or 14 games can you give us a bit yeah, more on that um, well we hope to so as the deal progresses and hopefully goes through hope to be able to bring a bit more on that um, I'm not, I've seen suggestions overseas of that again it's tricky to say having not been able to read into those reports and see where they originate from how much legs that, that's got um, and aside from that pretty difficult to estimate what he would command with 12 months yeah. left a player like that listen he's yeah, his background and pedigree is good um, he's had a rough couple of years but this is not a you know this is a club of stature these are Israeli champions you know that'll be continental football um, European football yeah see the pool for Chalaba um, and uh, like I say we hope to be able to clarify any terms of fees when, when it goes on but um, anything that comes in, if it you know, offset and covers what Albion, you know, the nominal fee Albion had to pay Fulham for him in January, you know, six months left at Fulham at the time. So, um, and, and if they can make a make money on that, then obviously that 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 would be good. I, he's another, you know, we've we spoke on centre mids, haven't we? Yukuslu, Malumbi, Moat. We haven't mentioned Gardner Hickman. Um, that's that's sort of four seniors off the top of my head. Um, Chalaber down there as fifth choice and that's before you include a Swift obviously plays a bit further forward um, he's not near the plans is he again might may have made a squad but if everyone's available would he even have made a, a full squad another extra subs this season aren't there no, it's nine, nine subs is it so a 20 man squad maybe he'd have had a place but look again another player that if he's not in the plans and if there's interest in him I've said on previous podcasts Albion can't hang around can they they've got to make 
players that have interest in them and if they're not in the, the head coach's plans they've got to make it work and, and get them out if they can and happily with with that one it looks looks like on course we haven't heard anything otherwise yet so it could be yeah let's hopefully see that one progress in the next sort of 20 24 48 hours nothing's happened coming the other way has there been any any talk are we expecting any movement or is it sort of all quiet on the western front it was certainly when we last had a chance to speak to the head coach um yeah it's ominously frustratingly quiet must have been your easiest summer as a journalist well no I I wouldn't I I wouldn't say easiest actually um, quietest yeah easy when you have the raft of new faces to write about Um, looking at it that way yeah I suppose Albion's main market is in the loans typically speeds up further down the line so you can understand that and what we've just said about the free agent market yeah. is the case. Can yeah, you understand yeah. that? What I've, I've seen a little bit of talk among Albion fans, you know, clubs are now starting to sign players on loan. And that is the line that we've heard. Yeah, Steve yeah, Bruce yeah, said yeah. a lot of it last summer. Mm. Um, it's always a line, said it in isn't January, it, from a manager, that loans take longer. It's, it's that almost that frustration builds a little bit, I suppose, doesn't it, in the fan base, mm. when other clubs start to maybe sign players on loan. Definitely. And Albion... Who are specifically this summer, yeah, not yeah, exclusively, yeah. but specifically targeting the loan market. You know, it just be nice almost yeah. for core brand for everyone, yeah, yeah. just for one or two of them to sort of. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree entirely, and I I totally sympathise with the fans who are itching, yeah, you know, as much as the head coach, as much as us in the media. Mm. Um, and there's no doubt that the earlier they're in, the better. There's yeah. no, you know, there's no sugarcoating that. The later they come in, the tougher it is. What I what what I would say is that yeah, you know, because Albion have been so sort of dependent on that market this summer, I would suspect they're clearly profiling a top loan yeah, you know, profile in terms of um strong Premier League clubs with the strong academies and with strong young mm-hmm. talent. And with that, those players now will almost exclusively be going away. Um, with their with their parent clubs featuring on tours and pre-season friendlies with them so um, it it could be one of those that you know the, the talent that Corbrand's really got at the top of his lists are look they're highly thought of at their clubs and, and hopefully when they are allowed out if and when um, they can come and deliver on their you know potential and reputation and, and have a massive season with, with Albion of course you know, we can't be naive there are going to be other clubs yeah of course lining up for these but I suppose you hope that because I've been in their situation where they're, they're making a real priority of these they're not spending fees they're not spending loads of wages on free agents they can really hone in on these loans and maybe offer a bit more financially yeah. hopefully uh, maybe give them assur- better assurances than other clubs that, that you're you're going to be my number nine this season you're, you're a first choice so you're going to be come in and play for me at fullback or whatever it is you know as a number 10 um, or, or left winger um, so perhaps the assurances that Albion are able to to offer when you know push comes to shove when we get to crunch time in these loan move talks perhaps that can I, mean, I might, might be clutching at straws here but this is how I'm just seeing it um, hopefully it can make that difference and you know, just work in Albion's favour and getting them in yeah, we'll hope so. Hopefully there's a little bit of movement in the uh, in the next couple of weeks prior to the start of the season, which is fast approaching. Right, the quiz is back. 
TJ Smithy's big quiz has returned. Uh, the first head-to-head of the season oh. was recorded a couple of weeks ago. Now, Baggies fans, it was a thriller. It was an absolute thriller. Twists I've just got and, over this, Johnny. Twists and turns. It was a topsy-turvy tussle. And one man came out on top. Let us know. Have a go at the quiz. Here it is. Let us know your thing. The quiz, me against Coxie with TJ Smithy. The Baggies broadcast quiz is back for season set. Well, season two, really, for the quiz, because it only started last year. But TJ Smithy's back. He's had all summer to put together some rock-hard questions for not just me, but Lewis Cox is in the building for this first quiz of the series. Tom, now, our summer holidays have consisted of sort of lounging. About, I know Cox has been lounging by a pool, but... I fully hope you've been sitting in front of a computer screen looking at stats, coming up with hard quiz questions for another season. Well, I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hoping, uh, I'm hoping the questions are going to be as good as the football that's going to happen this season. So we'll have to... No comment to... on that. No comment <laughs> on that. We won't go down that road. But what Easy questions are fine, Tom. Easy questions are absolutely the, the, fine. The only question I want to ask Johnny is how would you feel that there's going to be no Dwight Gale links this Summer. Just glad that they're over now. Glad that they're gone. <laughs> glad that they're gone. Any, any one's now, isn't it? One now before the end of the end of the window. But right, what have you got for us today, Tom? We got me against Coxie head to head to start yeah. the new series. What have you got for us? Quiz. So we've got seven categories for you both to choose from individually. <sighs> I'm not sure who you want to go first. I'll give it to Coxie. He's been moaning off air about how hard the questions are going to be, so I'll let him go first. Okay, so you've got okay. seven seven categories. So you've got back in time, managers, what happened elsewhere, players, Premier League, Championship, or this season, as in, in brackets, the season that's just happened. Oh, man. The obvious thing for me feels like to take the season that's just gone, to be honest. <laughs> um you know what? We'll, as we're starting up, yeah, we'll start there. Yeah, last season, this season. Easy tap in for a one 0 lead. Well, okay. we'll see. <laughs> I've slept since last season, Johnny. What is the goal difference from this season? Oh. And there will be an extra point on offer for the total goals scored. TJ, are you giving me an? Are you giving me an allowance within the? Uh, um... Just closest. Come on, Cox. He stopped trying to bend the rules. I think we need to put a timer on this as well. He's sitting there looking out the window for all you podcast listeners who can't see the video. Well, uh, uh, well I don't know the answer. I'm trying to give a, a good guess. Um, plus eight. It's a no. I'm going to have to pass it on to Johnny. You'd know this because playoffs went down to gold. Or someone was going to go down to gold difference, wasn't it? I mean, no, plus ten. So... Coxie has a 1-0 lead ah. on the closest to the points. It was plus six. Oh, was it? Oh, wow. And because Coxie got the point, I'm going to ask him, what was the total goal scored for an extra point? Not many. Um, uh, uh, 56. Oh, it was a close one. It was 59. Oh, man. I flirted between plus six and plus eight. Six, seven, and eight. I couldn't decide. Oh, well. <laughs> a lucky one nil lead. Lucky one nil oh, lead. lead. I'll type, put that on for everyone to know. Right. So you have six categories, Johnny. You have back in time, managers. What happened elsewhere? Managers. I'll go managers. You want to go managers? Right, let's get into it. Out of all West Brom's previous and current foreign managers, 
who has the highest win percentage? And I'm going to let you know, as a, a little fact, there is a 3% difference between three managers. Highest win percentage. Uh, I go, oh, it's tough, that's one. Roberto Di Matteo. It's the wrong answer. It goes over to Coxie for the steal. Been. Foreign managers, mm. you said, didn't you? Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll tell you in between two, I've got to say. Uh, I'm going to go, If we're, in, I presume we're including the current, I'm going to go Carlos Corbran. It is indeed with a 51% win record. Get in there. That is a 2-0 lead with five to play. I nearly said Slav. Yeah, so I Slav as well. There was a 3% uh, percentage between Carlos Corbran, Di Matteo and you would have to say Darren Moore because it's as Jamaican. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Carlos, uh, I think it was Slavin Bilic was a 40% or just under, I think it was about 39. Yeah. Right, 1-1. One, one. Let's get going. Come on. Oh, sorry, 2-0 even. 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> get him off the score. Make, make, make sure you're awake. Right, 2-0. Come on, I've got it all to right. do. And it's back to Coxie. So, yeah, back in time. What happened elsewhere? Players... Premier League and Championship. Premier League, please, Tom. So, in the Premier League, what player has won the most top goal scorers per season? So, there uh, is uh, one player who has the most top goal scorers. For our, obviously, for yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with my fir- the first name that's come to me quickly there and say Odin Wingy. It is not Odin Wingy. It goes over to Johnny for the steal. So he's finished top goal, goal scorer for Albion in the Premier League in both times. Yeah. Somewhat. I don't think it's going to be a striker. Would you have gone Adam Wingy, John? Yeah, I would have done. But now I'm not thinking, thinking it might not be a striker. I don't know. I think it would be someone like a centre-half, given the amount of goals we scored with the headers over the year. He has scored a lot of headers. Yeah. Aye, yeah. steady. <laughs> Rondon. It is Rondon. Yeah. Oh. He had two outright, and then he had a joint with... Uh, Rodriguez on your tail Coxie I'm on your tail so we are now at 2-1 two, two, right back to me so back in time what happened elsewhere players or championship championship who has scored the most goals in the championship in a single season for West Brom how far back are we going since the championship started is that like championship 2006 or whenever or it'll be Oh, four or five was it? Was it? I think it back was then. Around, yeah, yeah, around then. Yeah. Who scored four. the most goals in a single season? I think it might. I don't know if it's going to be the man you mentioned before. I'm going to go with Dwight Gale. It is indeed with 23. You had oh, Kevin Phillips with oh. 22 and Kamaru with 20. Coxie's thrown away a two-goal advantage. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice veg. I'm really reluctant to say the back in time when I can't. I, I can't lie. Um, <laughs> we'll go. Has anyone said players yet? No, players is thought okay. for grabs. Do you want to go players? We'll take, the, we'll take the players category, please. Okay. As of the current West Brom player list, with all the loan out players returned, what is the current average age of the squad? Rounded up. Pick the wrong question there, Coxon. God, That's, this goes as tough as my first one. Although, if it goes over, obviously the closest wins, right? Yeah. So, okay. Think about this logically. Give me a sec, Johnny. 
Fox's got his abacus out at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're including, obviously, sort of academy sort of graduates, sort of youngsters. So the youngsters are in, in there as well. So you've yeah. got the likes of like Zach Ashworth. And... Okay. All right. Tom, I'm going to go. Oh, man, this is hard. I'm going to go 27. It is 27 indeed. Rounded up to the closest. It was 26.68. That's a that's a deflection off your backside. That yeah. is call that it, is an absolute right. steal. Call him quits for the season now. That'd have been a lot lower if it wasn't for Eric Peters. Get in. <laughs> yeah, I factored in Martin Kelly. I, yeah. I, I reached for everything. Golden oldies. So, two rounds left. All right. Yeah, you have right. either back in time or what happened elsewhere. Go back in time. Back in time. Let's find it. In West Brom's winning Champions Sorry. In West Brom's championship winning season in 2007-2008 to win promotion back to the Premier League, what team did they win promotion against and which team did they win the league against? Now, I'm going to be technical on this because they won the second to last game of the season and they were up on all but goal difference, I think. But they won promotion against Southampton and they went up against Q... Oh, they won the title against QPR. That is indeed. It's 3-3. Three, three. Superb, Johnny. Oh. True baggy. Doxy looks scared. Coxie oh, looks frightened. I would have been scared if I got that. I knew QPR were involved, but I couldn't have remembered which way round. And so I'm I got a funny story on that Southampton game. I, I was already been there. I was probably only about 13, 14. I was in the pub with my dad. And I went to the toilet as West Brom were like coming forward down the right, and one of my dad's friends put his hand on the the door to the toilet and like almost like locked me in there as Chris <laughs> Brun scored. And all I could hear was my dad cheering outside. And I was like trying to frantically grab on the handle to get out. <laughs> uh, that's why I got that game yeah, on a Monday night. But yeah, we digress. Right. So it's a can Coxie get over the line? Oh, Early 4 3 win. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, final category. Final don't category. Don't is let me what steal, Coxie. What happened elsewhere? Oh, the drama. It's like we've set this up. So when West Brom won promotion for the first time to the Premiership, who was currently top of the Premiership. Right. Okay. So I'm not going to give you the season. So when West Brom got promoted to the Premier League, who for the first time? Who who won the Premier League that season? Who was currently top? Because it would have been a week left, but they would have already been. Yeah. So who was at the top? Who was probably champions unless they were picked on the final day, obviously. Oh, <laughs> don't like this. Johnny's oh, looking like confident this. here as well. I don't like That's this. A bit of a smirk for everyone oh, listening. Man, man. I'm, I'm staying quiet. They're both sweating. Coxie has his glasses off. I'm sorry, Lewis. No, we're going to have I'm, to push you for an answer I'm, here. I'm not confident, but I'm going to say. Manchester United. It isn't Manchester United. No. So it goes over to Johnny for the steal. Arsenal. Yeah. It was yeah. the Invincibles. <laughs> oh, what a comeback. What a what comeback. A comeback. Boxing was looking so sure of himself at 2-0 there. I mean, I definitely wasn't, Johnny, but that's devastating. <laughs> it's going to take that's me a while to get over this. It's going to take me a while to get over this. Great first quiz. Oh, this great way to start the uh, the first I've got quiz. My invincible of the, the season one out. 
Oh, unlucky, mate. Unlucky. Yeah, unlucky. 2001, more. 2002. More training needed, Coxie, for the rest of the season. More pre-season training needed. I've out some perlers as well. That's devastating. <laughs> man. I've actually played well and lost. Do you know how hard to take that is? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Coxie, great effort, Tom. Great to see you again. Thanks, we'll Tom. have you back on a number of times this season for some head-to-head quizzes. But cheers for that. Cheers for the hard work. We'll see you again soon. Well... Let's get some uh, let's get some reaction from the man himself. He's <laughs> <laughs> sitting next to me, Lewis oh. Cox. Just on my pay feeling after after listening to that bag. <laughs> well, I'd finally, as I say, a couple of weeks ago, finally been able to put it, you know, put it from my mind, be able to sleep, you know, after that heartache. And you've just brought it all all flooding back, Johnny. So thanks for that. Thanks for that. Ahead of a, a few days off for me. So yeah, gutting, hard to take. Started so well, showed signs. Thriller though, wasn't it? Roller coaster. Yeah, where God. when you've got a clinical opponent, you know, it's it's very yeah, difficult it's to. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. When you're going to serve him up tappings, then he's going <laughs> to he's going to take him. But there's a little wriggle room against you, Johnny. <laughs> I've got, you know, whenever I get punished for any, look, like Albion Cheltenham the other night, punished for any sloppiness. You're you're clinical. I'll tell you what, you want me up front for Albion? How clinical I was on that quiz. Um, TJ Smith, he'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Coxie's going to be back stronger for the head-to-head. <laughs> he's going to try and get back to uh, to one all for the season Coxie final wrap up here just uh, 30 seconds to a minute or so before we, we wrap up this on the road podcast uh, Burton Albion on Saturday obviously you said you're not there I'll be there for the Express and Star um, we saw a mixed side against Cheltenham are we expecting probably up until Bolton the final game for them to be very much mixed mixed squads mixed teams a lot of changes well I, I think interestingly Johnny the, the Burton friendly uh, ironically the one I'm missing is the only one that's not a back to back isn't it um, so I mean, you would say that that gives scope. Again, I haven't been able to ask Corbyn this directly, but that gives scope for, a, I would say, a senior, a senior group, a senior eleven to start, and senior players on the bench. Yeah, yeah Touchwood, nothing happens injury-wise at Salford. There were no setbacks at Cheltenham. Um, you could have a, let's say, an experienced eleven and a, a bench that might resemble more a, a championship bench. All right, there, there, you know, there'll be a sprinkling, of course, still of. Yeah. Of your younger players, of your Ashworth, Ingram, you know Malcolm, Andrews, Whitwell, the the higher sort of highly regarded ones who are more knocking at the door. But yeah, I think Burton, we could really see a a more experienced group. And, and as I say, Forest Green, Bolton, that's a Friday night and a Saturday afternoon, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't get much back to back more back to back than that, does it, Johnny? So again, like like these two games here, they're going to have to be split, obviously for 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 player welfare and burnout and, and niggling. You know, muscle problems there so yeah and then when, once we're packing up at the uh, I'm told the University of Bolton Stadium has a new sponsorship name so we can't call it the not Uni another Bolton. one did you see last not night's another one. completely Suzuki Stadium yeah I'm not a fan of that give, I'd, I'd give me Wadden Road yeah I'd have been anyway. calling it Wadden Road yeah. the worst one um, is, the worst one is Reddings I can't even remember that car leasing we're, we're, we're showing our age but it's the Reebok to us isn't it The re- it is the Reebok um, it is the Reebok to your younger listeners you won't understand yeah that. but once, once we're wrapping up there in Bolton um, well we'll have to sat and have set for a return trip up there for Blackburn won't we um, it's all coming around mightily quick and yeah let's let's hope by that stage there are new faces through the door obviously next time we're able to chat to the, the head coach we'll be able to bring more on that and I, still at this stage I'd be surprised if Albion entered the season with no new faces I don't want to put the kiss of death on that which I probably just have done but you know these things take as long as they take with, with the situation Albion are in but we're getting there aren't we we're getting there 
We certainly are indeed. The season is fast approaching. Baggies fans, thank you very much for listening. We haven't had a question and answer this week just because we're on the road and we're pushing for a little bit of time. But we'll be back. We'll be bringing you um, some extra questions in the, the next podcast, which will be coming around about next Wednesday prior to that double header, that Forest Green Bolton back-to-back games. But thank you very much for listening. Um, those who are going to Salford tonight, you'll hear this after you've been to Salford. So I hope you enjoyed the game. Um, enjoy the rest of your week next week. And we'll be back on Wednesday for another episode of the Baggies broadcast. Until then, from me and from Coxie, boing, boing. Boing, boing. boing.